My name is Megan Suber with the town of Morrisville, and today I have a very special guest with me, Marissa Houston, our stormwater program manager. Hello, happy to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. How's the day treating you, Marissa? So far, so good. I heard the weather's <laughs> sunny in 85. I feel like it, it's a solid maybe 90, 95 with the heat index. Yeah, nice comeback from yesterday. A little steamy, a little steamy out there. So speaking of yesterday, we had some storms yesterday. Yeah, they blew through pretty good in the afternoon. And I'm not sure where all our listeners are listening from, but if you are in the Mooresville area, it was quite an adventure about five o'clock. Um, and I know it differed even from where you were in the Mooresville area. We had some staff that were out at our new one Mooresville Center because we had the ribbon cutting yesterday, yes. made it in time, didn't get rained on. It was really great. Um, we had some staff that were there. And then I was personally at Town Hall oh, wow. and I got to see some of the video that they took from one Mooresville Center and... I would say it was a little bit worse over at Town Hall, which it, for our listeners that don't know, it's about hmm, half a mile away, half a mile away. you say? Yeah. So it, it was a little bit uh, dicey there for a little bit. So really appreciate our public safety personnel, our first responders, um, all of our firefighters, EMS, and just helping people out. I know that Mortal Fire and Rescue posted um, a little post this morning. They responded to um, 80 calls since the start of the storm yesterday. So storm started about five o'clock. But keeping them busy. 80 different calls. Um, I know all those calls come in on my phone. Uh, so just seeing what they were, a lot of power lines down, a lot of trees down. There were a couple of structure collapses. Um, lightning sparked a fire on a business on Williamson Road, so they had to go address that. A um, lot of power outages. I think we are, at last report, at 7,300 outages in Iredell County. Oh, wow. I know we've had quite a few calls at um, Public Works as well for trees down and debris in the road. So it's it's definitely keeping them busy. But I will say that we've gotten a lot of compliment calls already about how quick the response has been. Awesome. And that's a really good point, Marissa. If Mooresville residents, if you live inside Mooresville um, town limits and you have trees and debris in the road as a part of yesterday's storms, you should call public operations. Yeah, if you have any tree that is down, if it's in a publicly maintained road, um, as long as it's not hanging from a power line, our uh, streets department or our stormwater department, we will come and help you out with that. We'll clear it out to the best of our abilities. But if it is hanging on a power line, then that is something that Duke's going to have to help you out with because that is a safety issue even for us at the town. Oh, yes. Those get very dicey and very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And while we're at it, shout out to our linemen. Oh, I yes. know Duke Energy is not associated with the town. That's not one of the services that we handle, but they are working really hard right now, I know, to restore all the power. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard to be patient when you don't have oh, yeah. power at your house, uh, but all of our linemen out there and line women yes. are doing an awesome job uh, trying to address this, this huge issue right now and get people back to normal. I know. I appreciate it. I mean, I live out in Claremont, which I'm not a Mooresville local, but we, had, we got hit pretty hard yesterday, too. There's a lot of people in my area that do not have power. My in-laws currently don't. Hopefully, that's back soon for them, but I definitely appreciate what everyone is doing to try to get everything back to the way it should be. <laughs> Absolutely. So, going back a little bit, uh, last week's show, we had on Dare Officer Kratz who talked about uh, Start a School. Did you know, Marissa, that it's Start a School this week for Mooresville Graded School District? I did not. I feel like we're still in the middle of summer. It's flying by, right? <laughs> I know. It's insane. It's hard to believe that it's already August. So a lot of the Mooresville schools are starting back either this week 
or on Monday, um, I believe uh, Mooresville Grady and Pine Lake starts back this week, and then yeah. Langtree Charter and Iredell Statesville schools start back on Monday. So a lot of reminders that go along with that and a lot of training that goes on with that, not just mm-hmm. for teachers and staff, as I know they're getting all their classrooms ready and doing those right. last-minute things, the Meet the Teacher events. Um, yes. I hope all those, the open houses. All the open houses. I hope those, um, if you have small children and we're going to those yesterday, I hope you were safe. Yes, I know that they were going on right around the same time. I heard that there was a couple lockdowns that kind of happened during the open houses. I hope everyone was safe and it went well. <laughs> it's an exciting start to the school yeah. year, but also with all of those those trainings and preparations that are going on, we have other trainings going on that are a part of um, town services that we offer. Mm-hmm. Did you know that our canines from the police department um, conducted detection training um, about two weeks ago and then Canine Bella did some training as well. And I didn't know that. Yes, and that training is um, one just one facet of what they do. Now, Canine Bella is mm-hmm. one of our seven canines, and she is based at Mooresville High School. Oh. So she's there all the time. She gets lots of pets and loves. Oh, I wish I had a canine in my high school. <laughs> I'd probably not get anything done, though. <laughs> oh, probably not. Probably not. But she uh, specializes in detection. Um, and of course, obedience, all our canines do. And so what she does is they conduct random classroom searches. It's like lottery system. They don't necessarily go in and pick and say, oh, it's ABC classes today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely random. And canine Bella will come in and do a search. And okay. so she um, was practicing that last week and I had the opportunity to witness that. Oh, and it's very cool. um, Officer uh, Sergeant Walther, who mm-hmm. is her handler. Um, has multiple book bags that have been previously used by students, mm-hmm. uh, and he will hide some um, narcotics or other drugs in one of the bags. Okay. Put it in a classroom, and now this was done without students in the classroom, just for everyone's <laughs> information. <laughs> just for everyone's information. This Safe was, training. This Safe was training. done before <laughs> students start back, um, and we'll put multiple other empty bags in there as mm-hmm. well. Takes Bella to the door of the classroom releases her from her leash and says, search. And she goes around and finds which book bag is the affected book bag. Oh, wow. And I got to witness her um, do this three different times, and she got it cor- correct three different times. So it's really interesting how much her nose knows. Yeah, no, I think it's really cool. Actually, when they did, um, um, after Officer Sheldon, when they did the um, dog park grand mm-hmm. opening, they did the um, canine demonstrations there, and I actually got to see a little bit of that as well, which I think it, it's crazy. I'm like, I've... I can sniff out maybe a cheeseburger. Um, possibly, possibly. <laughs> on a good day. But no, it's really impressive what those dogs can do. So shout out to Canine Bella. Yeah. And all of our canines are uh, trained on detection as well. But some of them have other trainings, like our six mm-hmm. patrol canines. Um, they do obedience, detection, apprehension, which you may know as bite work, mm-hmm. and also uh, tracking. Okay. So they have a little bit different skill set. But um we were excited to, to see them do some training two weeks ago as well because they are occasionally brought into the schools to help out okay. um, if there is a need. And not only in our local Morrisville schools, but other agencies as well. Um, I know they've been up to Troutman to assist Troutman PD and their schools up there. Um, and we will also do the same thing. We will bring in other dogs from other agencies. Let's just say that we were concerned that there was an explosive mm-hmm. in one of our schools. Um, we would call on an agency that has a, a explosive explosives detection dog, a dog okay. that specializes in sniffing that out. Okay, so they all have their own little areas of expertise. They do. They have their own areas of expertise, and mm-hmm. there are different um, 
types and breeds of dogs mm-hmm. that uh, specialize in uh, certain things. Um, bloodhounds mm-hmm. are for, of course, you know, you've seen it's on TV track. for yeah. or it's for like missing persons tracking. Yeah. Well, I know they have specific dogs too that they use at like TSA and the airports that they specifically smell agricultural goods. Yeah. So they look for people that are bringing in different types of plants or vegetables that could be invasive and could compromise our food system here in the U.S. So those are special dogs too. They they are they are, <laughs> um, and I've seen like some beagles. Yeah. And labs and and those kind of the things at airports and I have to admit. I always want to pet the dogs. I know, like, they're working. They're, they're a distinguished <laughs> professional. I can't bother them right Do now. Do not <laughs> pet the dogs. But that leads me into one good thing. And um, we had, last week, one of our canines uh, finish training, and mm-hmm. he's getting ready to move on to certification. You remember I said six? we had six patrol canines. This yeah. is number six, um, canine smoke. Okay. He is partnered with his handler, Corporal Beck, which you'll remember Corporal Beck had canine valor, who... Yes. Um, End of watch was earlier this year, so we're we're excited that Canine Smoke completed his training. We're looking forward to him doing his certification and joining the force, and he'll be out on patrol hopefully very soon. Oh, that's very exciting! Well, awesome. Well, when we come back from break, um, we'll talk a little bit more about storm and storm water. And just a reminder to our listeners, you can call in at eight four four Studio Four. Welcome back to the Hometown Hour. You are listening to Megan Suber and Marissa Houston from the town of Mooresville. Marissa, we were talking in our last segment about the storm that rolled through yesterday. Yes. And that was something else, depending on where you were. We, we hope you're safe. We hope you have power. Um, if not, we hope it is restored very soon. <laughs> um, but storms is something that you deal with in your day-to-day. And it's even in your title. Yes, uh, stormwater program manager. Uh, not to be confused with stormwater manager, I cannot manage when the storms do come. Uh, I can just try to help after. <laughs> this is true. So tell me a little bit about how you got in that role. How did you end up as the stormwater program manager? Uh, so I have been with the town for three years now. I actually started out as stormwater program specialist, um, and our department has kind of evolved. Um, but my background is in environmental economics. Uh, so I actually did my first internship back in, oh, I think, 2014, and I was out um, doing outfall sampling. So where all of the pipes um, from our stormwater conveyance system, whenever they discharge somewhere, I had to go out and take all of the samples of the water from those pipes. Oh, fascinating. Um, at that time, I never thought that I would get back into stormwater. And then once I went through school, um, I kind of realized my love for water resources and how important that stormwater really is. And I saw the job opening at the town, and then I I've applied on a whim, and I've been here and been loving it ever since. Awesome. So for our listeners who may not know, what is stormwater? Is it as simple as it sounds, water from a storm? It really is. So when I I hang out with my elementary schoolers, and when we do some of our education outreach events, I always ask, what is stormwater? And they're like, uh, rain. I'm like, you're absolutely right. So rain, uh, snow melt, uh, ice, anything that the precipitation, once it hits the ground, then I have to worry about it. Well, you had a lot of worrying to do yesterday. Yes. <laughs> now, how do you prepare for situations like that? Um, if you know there's a storm coming up, is there anything that your crew and your team can do to maybe mitigate some things that could happen during the storm? Absolutely. So um, we are always keeping an eye on the weather and forecast when 
things like this are about to come up. Um, our stormwater crews will actually go out and we call them our proactive um, inspections and they will drive through town in some of our areas that have a little bit older infrastructure or maybe our quote unquote problem areas where we know that are more prone to flooding and they will go and make sure that the catch basins at the road are cleared off and there's not any debris blocking them. So want to make sure those are clear before the storm hits because they're inevitably going to be blocked up again. So we try to get ahead of it, make sure that everything is in the best condition it is before that storm hits. So when you say catch basins, you mean like the what other people may know as storm drains. Yes, the so grates. the storm drains, the grates that are at the road, million different words for them. So um, yeah, the grates, the drains, even those ones that look like um, a big concrete slab, which just have that big opening in them, also just a storm drain. Um, we make sure that there's nothing that's blocking those that can, can hinder the water from flowing through. What happens to that water after it goes down the drain? Does it go to like a treatment facility? No. So that is something that a lot of people actually don't know is stormwater is not treated like water or wastewater is. It goes directly to our streams and creeks and that goes directly to Lake Norman. So when I talk to my elementary schoolers, I go, where do you think we get our drinking water from? They go, I don't know. I'm like, well, we get it from Lake Norman. So it's really important to make sure that we're not putting anything down the drains that we're not supposed to. Do you ever have any of them answer, oh, from the grocery store? Oh, yeah. They go, oh, from aisle four. <laughs> no, I, I've had a couple of those quite they go, e. I'm like, no, don't worry. It gets cleaned first. But it's very important that we do our part to make sure that that water is as clean as possible before it gets treated. Absolutely. There are, I'm sure, a million different things that you can't um, affect when you are pulling water from a natural resource like Lake, Lake Norman, but mm. you're trying to assist the places that you can. You're trying Absolutely. to make sure that the minimal amount of chemicals or mm. at least reduce that amount of chemicals that may come from runoff from any type of um, storms that we have, keep that out of the lake so yeah. that the water that we are treating to come back to our customers is... Um, has a good start, has a head start, if you will. Yeah, we definitely want to help it as much as possible. We don't want to have any um, pollutants in there. Like you said, like grass clippings, things like that. We do not want any more debris in there that isn't supposed to be in there. There's obviously the naturally occurring ones, but um, let's say oil from a car. Back in the day, people would just change their oil and then pour it down a storm drain. Absolutely I would say, no. <laughs> I would argue that probably that still occurs today. Uh, unfortunately, it does. I did have, uh, I had, a, I think she had to be about five or six years. She goes, well, my daddy pours a, he'll change the oil in the car and pour it down the drain. I go, where do you live? Um, <laughs> I'm like, do you have an address? Uh, but just things like that. We try to have general awareness. Um, same things like if you have paint, um, disposing of paint properly. Because sometimes if you pour it out and it is still wet, it can fall out of trash cans. It can get dumped out. That makes an absolute mess. And also it can make it to our waterways. What about um, people who are washing their cars at home? Is that the same kind of thing that mm -hmm. that runoff can get in the storm drain as well? Yes, it is. Um, one of those things is a car washing is technically it's um, exempt from our stormwater ordinance. So we actually have an ordinance that we can tell people what they can and cannot put in our storm drains. And residential car washing uh, that is one of the things that is exempt. You are allowed to wash your car in your driveway. I'm not going to come and yell at you for doing that. <laughs> but there are some practices that you should follow that can help us out with water quality. So um, using some green detergents, um, making sure that you're using the highest quality stuff that is eco-friendly. And every time that you can, try to wash your car on either a graveled or grassed area so that it's not running off directly off of your driveway. Um, using high pressure washers so that you're using less water. Um, there's small things that we can try to do, but yeah, I'm not going to go and try to write you a violation for washing your car, but we each play our part in water quality. So there's little things that you can do each day that kind of help. Absolutely. What about, um, since it is kind of 
the growing season. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, fertilizers or any mm-hmm. chemicals that people may be putting on their lawns or any of their um, gardens? That is a great one. Um, pesticides, fertilizers, things like that. You definitely want to make sure that you are following the directions on the labels. I know some people are thinking, I need to get rid of, <laughs> I need to get rid of these dandelions one way or another, but. I'm definitely following labels, making sure that we're only applying what we're supposed to, um, doing light application. Um, If you know that a heavy storm is coming, maybe hold off a little bit because that's just going to wash right off. Um, And there's also some more green products that are out there that are a little bit more eco-friendly. We try to keep anything that's not water out of the drains, as we said, but um, there are items that you can use that are a little bit more um, eco-friendly for that matter. Absolutely. And I know, I know um, people uh, may struggle with that because they're thinking, oh, this is eco-friendly. This is not going to work as well. Mm. Sometimes that's the case. And sometimes it's not the case. Oh, yeah. So just trying out and seeing what works best for your yard mm. or um, work through your lawn care professional, that can definitely make a difference. Oh, yeah. It's definitely trial and error. Um, same thing with the vehicle washing. Did you know that um, the fire departments actually have their own um, fire apparatus, um, like their own policy that it says that they're going to have to use green detergent. So that is something that we have worked with them in the past. So just, you know, that's Very something cool. that the town follows as well. It's not something that we just try to have um, our residents do. We have to follow our own pollution prevention measures at our own facilities as well. Now, would you say better for the environment or worse for the environment or hard to say washing your own car versus going to a car wash? It's absolutely better to go to a car wash, um, I will say, because they have their system set up. So it all goes to sanitary system. They have oil water separators that make sure none of those washers or anything that they do can actually go to the stormwater drainage system. So it may be a little bit more expensive, but... If you do that kind of trade-off, it's a little more eco-friendly. I would recommend going to a car wash, but that is just me. I would recommend as well, and mostly because I just don't like washing my car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the department. You said you've been with the town for three years. How long has the town had a stormwater department? Is that something that's really old or is something that's fairly new? Uh, so our stormwater department is fairly new. Um, I think it's about six years now that we've actually had an established stormwater department. Uh, we used to be under um, the streets department. So the streets was actually just kind of doing stormwater duties. And then I think five, six years ago, they broke off and stormwater lived under engineering. And then interesting. And then recently this year, now we are under um, water resources. So. It's been a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So stormwater has been kind of all of it, which is nice because we um, stormwater does have a role to play in all the different departments, which is why it's kind of hard to place us. I mean, sure. we kind of have that part in public works and streets where we do similar types of projects and similar concerns. We also work very close with engineering because new developments come in and we have kind of something to say with that with um designing of sites to make sure that stormwater runoff is minimized. So we've uh, bounced around a little bit, but we have our home now in water resources along with water and sewer. Excellent. Well, what do you love about working for the town? Been here three years. Yes. I'm sure you have something you love. I'm sure you probably have some things you don't love, (laughs) but what do you love about working for the town? Um, So I really just love public service in general. Um, I worked in the private sector for a while and I realized it was just kind of not for me. I wasn't really a fan of it. I felt like I needed a purpose. So at the town, I know that I, when I wake up and I'm going to work, I'm going to do something that is going to benefit the public good. And I just love the town in general because they are really good to their employees. It's something that we were going to talk about earlier with um, one good thing is over the weekend, I got to go to one of our employee engagement events. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So Saturday they had a family fun day. And it was a nice little cookout at Liberty Park. Got to spend some quality time. Oh, great time. facility. 
oh yeah, and they had the splash pad going strong because of the heat, had some burgers and hot dogs rolling, but yeah, I will say that the, the town does a really good job at trying to engage their employees and try to do things not just on the clock, but make sure that there's opportunities outside of work hours. Definitely. I would definitely agree with that. And I know that when we were working on our recent public services, public operations recruiting video, which is your realm, Mm -hmm. um, talked to quite a few different people in different departments, some that had been there for 20 years, some that had been there for two months. Mm -hmm. And everyone said how welcome that they feel at the town and how supported that they feel by staff whether that is um, just providing opportunities like Mm -hmm. the Family Fun Day or providing um, learning and engagement and professional development opportunities, you know, making sure that pay is competitive Mm -hmm. um, as it can be and taking into account cost of living. The town does a great job at that. So if you are interested in any of the opportunities we may have at the town, um, you can find all of that at mooresvillenc.gov slash HR. Even if you just want to volunteer, that information is there as well, mooresvillenc.gov slash HR. And we'd love for you to join us at the town. And coming up, we will talk a little bit more about why stormwater matters and mm-hmm. explain a little bit more about the types of stormwater basins and all the great stuff in your world. Sounds great. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Hometown Hour. You're listening to Megan Suber and Marissa Houston with the town of Morrisville today, talking a little bit about stormwater because we had a big storm last night. We sure did. <laughs> and this is a hot topic, not only not only around storms, all the time. Mm-hmm. So I know we talked a little bit about what stormwater is. It's basically what it sounds like. It's a storm. <laughs> it's a storm. It is rain yep. coming down the ground. And we talked about how storm water um, is collected mm-hmm. through the storm grates. Yes. We talked about what not to put down storm grates. Anything that isn't storm water doesn't go down there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And oh, we also mentioned a little bit about stormwater basins. Now, I know you said previously that mm-hmm. your department fell under engineering mm-hmm. in the aspect of Construction projects and everything have to take into account the stormwater impact. Yes. Now, I've seen a lot of these pond-like basins, I'm Mm going to call them, um, at a lot of sites, whether they're industrial, residential. Are those stormwater ponds? Yes, they are. So we call them stormwater control measures. So they're SCMs for short. Um, And part of where the engineering comes into play is when there is a new development site that comes in. Uh, we have to take into account the amount of impervious surface. So for those of you that don't know, impervious surface is any type of hard surface. So whether it's a building, um, concrete, sidewalks, asphalt, anything that wasn't grassed before. Parking lot. Parking lot. Anything that is new hard surfaces, that is impervious surface. And we have to keep that in account because think about when it rains. Before it used to be able to just soak into the ground. Well, now it's hitting that hard surface and it's going to sheet flow off. So we're going to have more quantity of water that's running off, and it's going to be picking up pollutants on the way. Oh, absolutely, particularly on those parking lots. Oh, absolutely. So with these stormwater control measures, the purpose of them is it's supposed to help with the quantity and the quality of water. So the ones that you've seen around town, there's so many different types that they have. Um, Wet detention ponds, which 
it sounds kind of silly, a, a wet pond. A wet pond where water is um, oh, sitting. Where, it's in detention. Yes, it's in detention. Um, yes, not school detention, but uh, it is sitting there. Uh, it permanently holds water. And um, when we have certain types of storms that come in, it will hold that water there. And then it will slowly discharge it through an outlet um, over a certain amount of time. It lets that water kind of dissipate. So some of those bigger pieces of trash that you might see, um, sediment, those will have time to settle and then cleaner water will be able to discharge out to the stream. So they have a purpose there. Um, there's also ones called bioretention cells, which are basically just a, a grass kind of dip in the ground. It looks like a looks like a pond that doesn't have any water in it and has little clean out caps in there, but it has a special type of filter media. So when the water does go in, it slowly goes into the ground and it filters out all of those smaller pieces of sediment and everything. And then it discharges through clean outs and then it goes to the same creek that it would have gone to before. So you mentioned filter media. Are there any chemicals involved in this? Or are you talking filter like sand or charcoal or gravel? Mm -hmm. So we do uh, no chemicals. It's natural filter. So you're using different types of like uh, media, like stones, sand. So we actually have ones that are called sand filters. Mm -hmm. And it is a filter bed. So you have grassed area and then you have like a layer of gravel, a layer of compacted dirt, a layer of sand. And then you have these little clean outs that go in there to make sure that they're not being too compacted with sand. And we can clean out those clean outs. Pretty self-explanatory mm -hmm. uh, to clean out those areas, but it's all natural kind of filters. Um, so if you think about it, it's like a big coffee filter that's under the ground, and we don't use any type of chemicals or anything to do that. Awesome. So when you you mentioned the trash, if you see trash on top of one of these ponds, mm -hmm. that means the pond is working. Is that yes. right? Yeah, so if you think about it, when um, all of the storm drains that you see in a parking lot or in the street, all the trash that goes into those, it'll go to one of those stormwater ponds first. So if you see trash like being compiled in one of those ponds, that means that it is doing its job, that it is staying there, and it is not making its way to the streams and the creeks. Um, there's something called a trash rack that sits on top of the structures and wet ponds, and that actually stops the garbage from going through the pipes where it outlets. Uh, so the people that maintain these ponds, whether it's private business or an HOA, um, it is th their responsibility to make sure that all the trash that accumulates in those ponds gets cleaned out. But if you see the trash in there, that means it is working. Yes, because it's not going into our water source. Yep, saving it from going to the lake. Now, are there any types of plants or any things that can be a part of these stormwater basins? I know at our golf course, mm -hmm. I've been to that catch basin and seen all the cattails in there and actually seen... Um, staff ripping out some cattails because yes. they had gotten a little bit too rambunctious, if you will, in the yes. pond. So there is um, certain aquatic plants that are better for our wet ponds and for wetlands and ones that um, promote pollinators. So there, um, there's a whole list that you can look at. It's on NCDEQ, the Department of Environmental Quality's website, and there's certain plants that are supposed to be there and ones that are not. So cattails, great example. They can tend to be super invasive. Um, and they actually don't help with removing some of those nutrients and some of the pollutants. Interesting. So if there's too many cattails that are accumulating, that's when we have to go and rip them out. So that's a great example of something that our stormwater maintenance crew does because the town has over 25 town-maintained stormwater control measures that wow. we have to take care of. So we are not exempt from that either. Uh, whenever we put in a new facility, like a new fire department or police department, mm -hmm. both of those new facilities actually have stormwater control measures at them. That's amazing, the different aspects of the job. I know mm -hmm. I was shocked when I went out and saw your crews working at the golf course and ripping out the cattails. I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Shouldn't you leave these here? Like yeah. you're, now you're 
um, taking out greenery and mm-hmm. you're taking out um, some growth in this situation, like, isn't that bad? And then they explained to me just what you said, that the mm-hmm. cattails are actually bad for the stormwater pond and make it not operate like it should. Yeah, and it seems counterintuitive that you're pulling out plants, but um, going back to that engineering element, whenever these plans come into place for a neighborhood or for a new development, ponds have a plan as well. So there's certain grading that has to be done and they have a planting schedule. So we'll look at the plants that were approved and there's certain plants that are supposed to be in there to make sure that it functions as it's designed. So if there's not enough plants in there and they look like they're dying, we have to plant more. Or if there's invasive plants in there that are going to hinder it from doing what it's supposed to be doing, we have to go ahead and rip them out. So uh, if you ever see us ripping out cattails, it's because they're not supposed to be there. So we've hit a couple things that your department does, you know, mm-hmm. prepping for storms and clean up after storms with the, the storm grates, um, working on maintaining our retention ponds mm-hmm. and our stormwater ponds. Um, what about the educational aspect? You've mentioned talking to some um, young students a couple yes. times. Uh, so education outreach is one of the um, bigger things our department does as well. So we actually have a permit with the state of North Carolina. It's called an MPDES Phase 2. And we have something called five minimum measures that we have to do to make sure that we're in compliance with our permit. And one of them is education outreach, and one is involvement and participation. So um, we will do um, outreach at the um, after-school programs, summer camps at town facilities. Um, I go to the high school sometimes. I actually got reached out to by the um, Mooresville High School Science National Honor Society. Oh, wow. Uh, just kind of talk about some of the stuff that we do. Um so I'll go into the school and I'll, I'll do kind of little sample experiments and things for them. And I actually did a, a DIY water filter for them to kind of show them how our sand filters work. So I did some gravel and some charcoal, oh, um, coffee grounds, and show them how natural filters work. So um, we really want to go to the younger generations and explain to them that these pollutants, trying to keep them out of our stormwater, they can pass it on to their parents and to their grandparents and make sure that everyone has the same message that nothing else is supposed to go in there. <laughs> and, it, and it sounds so very easy to do. I know it's very complicated um, in some aspects, but it sounds so very easy to do. Just monitor what is put mm-hmm. down and be preventative about what is put down storm drains and gets into our water system so that we don't have problems on the other end. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's pretty intuitive, um, but like I said, a lot of people still don't know that it is a separate system from our wastewater system. So I tell kids that sometimes I go, really? And then they go home and tell their parents, and they tell their grandparents, and then they just kind of change those small different measures. And then um, we also have our volunteer programs that we do. Um, so our Science National Honor Society, um, a group of those kids came out and they helped us mark storm drains. So have you ever seen Ooh. one of the decals next to a storm I drain? I have. I've actually taken part in marking some storm yeah. drains. Um, I understand there are multiple ways to do it. And I mm-hmm. thankfully did the easy way that is not very messy. Oh, yes. So uh, there is a way that you can uh, spray paint on with the decal, which is really fun. Uh, and then there's the ones that have little just stickies on the back of them. But um, we have a couple other volunteer programs as well, uh, Adopt-A-Drain and the um, the Storm Drain Marking Program, which can be found on the town's volunteer website. Awesome. And that's mooresvillenc.gov slash HR. You can access the volunteer site there. And when we come back, I want to talk about Zippy the Snail. Ooh, Zippy is ready to be talked about. <laughs>
Welcome back to Hometown Hour, and happy Tuesday, everyone. If you're just joining us, we appreciate you tuning in and appreciate all the listeners that have been with us throughout this show. You are listening to Megan Suber and Marissa Houston with the town of Mooresville, and I believe we have a caller, Marissa. All right. Um, you got. Justin called in with a couple questions, and we are ready to take those. Justin, are you there? I am here, Megan. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. Anytime. What can we help you out with? Well, so all the development that's going on, right, stormwater is a big part of that conversation for developers. And, and maybe maybe the, the general resident doesn't know kind of that process when someone comes to and wants to build a neighborhood or build a building. So my, my question is, Every time, one, let's say, one house gets put on the table to be built or one commercial building, how much does that affect the overall equation for stormwater for the town of Mooresville? Okay, that is an excellent question. Um, we have people ask that all the time. With all this development that is coming in, what is done about it? So our land development standards at the town and our um, UDO and our Phase Two stormwater ordinance all come into play with that. Uh, so... Going back to what I was talking about before with impervious surfaces. So when someone wants to build, let's say, a commercial building, we will look at what the percentage of impervious there is going to be on site and see what would need to be done to make sure that we are going to minimize our post flow from the site. Um, so let's say with this commercial site that uh, they are required to have a stormwater control measure. Um, that stormwater control measure is going to help them with that water quality and quantity um, and make sure that we are minimizing our effects to the system. But going back to what our actual effects are with these developments, there are some areas in town that are actually in uh, critical and protected watersheds. So I'm not sure if you know that there are some areas in Mooresville where you cannot develop over a certain percentage of your lot to protect the water quality. That's good to know. And that's definitely important when people are looking at it. That was my relevant question. My non-relevant comment I'll make to the conversation for the town of Mooresville at large. I just went by Sumo Shack here uh, in Mooresville near the Mount Morn Shopping Center. Mm -hmm. And I am very excited to stuff my face with this pimento cheese cheeseburger. <laughs> so thanks to all the wonderful restaurants in Mooresville as well. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. We're glad you found one with, that has power right now. Right? Super Shack sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you. And that was an excellent question. So that is something that we do have um, come up quite a bit is what is the town doing to stop development? Well, there's only so much that we can do, um, but there are areas, like we said, that are in critical watersheds where lots are um, limited to the percent that they can develop them, whether it's 50% of the lot, 75% of the lot, and once you get to a certain amount of development on a site, um, you're required to put on that stormwater control measures. So there are measures that the town takes um, that is mandated at the state level and some that we are even more strict on as a town to make sure that we are protecting our water quality. That's great to know. And I know, Marissa, um, some of our listeners may not be familiar with the um, outline, if you will, of the town corporate limits. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, pits and holes, and it's not a straight box yes. on top of the mm -hmm. town of Mooresville. So is there any agreement with other um, entities or organizations, whether that's the county, whether that is a private corporation, about 
what you do in those situations where development may be occurring adjacent to town property, mm. but isn't on town property, so perhaps not subject to town regulations, yes. but there is an impact of mm. stormwater. Uh, so there are measures that still have to be taken at the county level, and there are measures that still have to be taken within the ETJ, within our extraterritorial jurisdiction. Uh, so Iredell County actually has certain things that they have to um, go over as well and make sure that there is stormwater control that is put in and erosion control measures. Well, that's interesting to know. And I know it's it's maybe hard for... Uh, residents to know the difference between what is county and what is town, mm -hmm. but it's good to know that the town is doing something about it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I uh, understand we have a call from Ronnie uh, from Mooresville uh, with a question about curb and gutter maintenance. Oh, oh no, we just lost Ronnie. Okay, well maybe well, he'll give us a call back. Well, I can go into a little bit about that. Maybe I might be able to answer his question before he comes back. Sure. Um, so uh, with curb and gutter, it uh, kind of depends on what we're talking about here. So the town, if it is a town-maintained road, we will go in and we have a street sweeper. The town has a full-time employee that operates the street sweeper. So if there is grass clippings, um, any type of just normal debris buildup, they will go out and we have certain routes and schedules where they will hit the road and they will do maintenance on those types of things. Um when it comes to actual curb and gutter maintenance, if there is an actual anything that's damaged or some type of problem there, might be a more specific question. I can I can get into that, but we do have our street sweeper that goes out and just does that kind of normal maintenance of areas. Um, kind of go from there. Awesome. Well, I mentioned before we had a um, we had a break. I mentioned Zippy the Snail. Who is Zippy for our listeners that don't know? Zippy is our official stormwater mascot. So this past year, we had our first um, annual Creek Week, um, and cool. Zippy was inducted as our mascot actually at Earth Day, a separate event with the help of the Mooresville Youth Council. Um, they helped us figure out our name. So a lot of the other municipalities have, um, bigger municipalities like Charlotte, have their own kind of stormwater mascot that helps them out with um, education outreach. Uh, normally it's a fish or a turtle, and... We went outside the box and we said, why not a stormwater snail? Stormwater snail. Say that five times fast. Um, and Do <laughs> snails have a part in stormwater? Uh, they, they can. Uh, in so, creeks? Yes, they um, are one of those um, aquatic animals that can help with nutrient uptake and things like that. So um, we went for a snail. Oh, it's creative. Yes. I like it. It's uh, just about as helpful to stormwater as a fish, it sounds like. But yes, <laughs> I love it. So Zippy the Snail, I've seen Zippy at a couple events this yes. year as well. Um, I know our 150 events like Mooresville Day, Zippy was mm -hmm. out there making an appearance. Oh, yeah. He's been very popular nowadays. He was at um, our Earth Day celebration. He was helping out with um, some snail races. So you'll see him at some of the events coming up. Um, he'll be handing out our stormwater stickers, um, some promo items that we have, and um Zippy obviously doesn't talk, but he's there to spread the message of um, our stormwater mission and just trying to keep our waterways safe. Now, you mentioned Earth Day. Um, at that Earth Day event, we mm -hmm. had a game um, that I think was called uh, Poo Pickup. Oh, Scoop the Poop? Scoop the Poop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so picking up after our pets is another big thing that we have to worry about because our stormwater waste can run off. I mean, our, our pet waste can run off and make it into the stormwater conveyance system. So picking up after our pets is another big thing that we have to worry about. And I think we might have a caller back. <gasps> oh, Ronnie is back. Are you with us now, Ronnie? 
I am. I think I got cut off earlier. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing, doing good. Well. How are you? Great, great. I uh, just had a quick question. Uh-huh. I, uh, born and raised in Mooresville. I've been here more than 60 years. And uh, I uh, grew up on a street that uh, did not have curb and gutter. And back in the day, every couple of years, the town would come around and dig out in the ditches. And uh, they would take that dirt and dump it. You know, as a matter of fact, I, I had... Uh, had them dump bunch, a lot of it into our yard uh, where we spread it and used it. But I, over the years, those ditches fill in, so somebody's got to maintain them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like over the last 10 years or more that the town has cleaned those ditches. And uh, Catawba Avenue is where I'm talking about mainly, but there's uh, the ditches are actually, some areas are filled up over the, the, the uh, driveway culverts. And... I just wonder why is it they do not maintain that anymore because that those are there to, main, to keep the water flowing freely toward these designated areas for runoff. Sure. But with the ditches full, the water's just going wherever the low spot, you know. So I was just kind of curious about that and what, why is it they don't have it maintained and why they don't do that anymore. That's a great question. That is a good question. Um, so with our town, with our stormwater maintenance department, um, like we said, we are kind of a smaller department. We have uh, five full-time members on our crew. Uh, so we are going out kind of based on uh, a find it and fix it approach is what we had before in the past when people would call in and we would kind of go out. Now we are moving more towards a proactive approach and we are trying to do inspections on our assets. Um, Curb and gutter is more so our main emphasis. Is it's easier to do inspections on that. Um, ditch maintenance is something that we do have to be concerned about. Um, if you would like, um, if you'd like to give me a phone call, um, I can make sure that our stormwater maintenance crew can go out and take a look at that and see if there's anything that we can do from the town maintenance standpoint. Um, yeah, and I'm sure our radio staff can um, take down your information, Ronnie, so that you can connect with Marissa okay. and we can make sure to handle any issues around your home. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. Like I say, uh, at one time, as a matter of fact, the ditch uh, was so clogged up. I I have lots of equipment myself, and I had actually taken my excavator and dug the ditch out because it was overflowing, running down across the yard and flooding my house. Oh, great! And it's just, it's just. I mean, I I've mentioned it in the past, but never really gotten serious about it. I was just curious, maybe they. Maybe they just don't maintain it anymore or plan to do something. But Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention, our attention. And uh, Thank you. Have a great day. You Thank too. You. Bye-bye. Well, that was great to hear from Ronnie about that. that. And that's a really great point that his call had. Mm-hmm. If you have a problem in, in your home or in your area, contact the town. If you mm-hmm. were in, uh, within town limits or town service limits, contact the town. It may be that we're not, not taking care of it. Mm-hmm. We just may not know about yeah. it. Or it might be outside of our service area or our what we can do, but always call and we'll make sure that someone goes out there and at least checks it out. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today for the Hometown Hour. Catch us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Thanks for being here, Marissa. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, everyone.